And I think that's the biggest thing, honestly, why other large brand websites are kicking small websites' butts is because they do a better job of just saying what is it they do, getting down to the basics. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast, the marketing podcast that brings you the information from the marketing conferences that you didn't attend in the past. My name is Peter and I'll be your host for today and after a short winter slash spring-ish break we are going full on with new podcast episodes. If you like the podcast don't forget to subscribe, rate us and you'll find us anywhere wherever you can subscribe to podcast. Let's go directly to our today's guest. I'm very glad that we have with me, with us, on the podcast Dana Di Tommaso. Dana, hello and hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, we're very glad to have you here. Dana, you are probably very much known around the people uh, in the SEO, especially in the SEO community, but of course also in the online marketing community. You are right now the president and partner at the Kickpoint Agency. What is the most fun stuff that you do as the president of a marketing agency? Oh, I would say speaking, actually. I love doing speaking engagements, and it is a big part of my job, for sure. Um, It's how we get a lot of our business is through the speaking engagement. So I do mm-hmm. really try to promote those. Um, and in addition, I would say the favorite part of my job is really around reporting. And that's part of why I put together this presentation at Search Love, because one of my first loves in search is local search. And local search is really in a weird spot. So I was hoping to bring together the ideas of reporting along with local SEO so that people could get a better sense of how they're actually doing when it comes to local rankings. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Yeah. And this is actually why I invited you to the podcast, because I feel that local search, even even though in the US and obviously in Canada it gets a lot of attention, I feel that in Europe and especially in countries, local is not really that big. So I think that a bit more about that should be said. And let's not forget that the one I really want to mention that, that you were nominated as the SEO Speaker of the Year of 2018. So I invited you because you had a presentation at Search Love in San Diego in 2019. It is meaning this. Um, spring a couple of months uh, ago february yeah it was a really nice break yeah. to get some palm trees in the middle of our winter <laughs> uh how was san diego were you able to go swimming do people do that in february in san diego i have no I idea i don't think the locals would i think that they probably thought it was too cold i saw a lot of people walking around in parkas and i was in a t-shirt thinking this is amazing um one thing i did do was i ate a lot of sushi because uh where i live in canada in edmonton alberta it's a landlocked province and i'm not a big fan of eating seafood if you can't actually see the sea from where you're eating mm-hmm. the seafood mm-hmm. so <laughs> Brittany muller from maz and i definitely had a lot of sushi while we were there see that's funny because when i was young i was always thought that um you should not eat seafood on seashores and I have no idea what that was the the whole I, the, the the thing that my parents taught me. But um, we never ate seafood while we were in on the seaside in Croatia. But um, yeah, now now it's very much different. Maybe mm-hmm. my parents had it wrong. I have no idea. 
All right, local search. You said yourself that you think that people should speak more about local search. I, I do, and I well, I think the hesitation honestly is because the local search product hasn't been great outside of North America, uh, in particular in Asia Pacific. A lot of the addresses, particularly in Google Maps, it's just bad trying to use the Maps product. It's not the areas aren't well mapped. Sometimes you put in an address, and the way you would have the local vernacular and it doesn't match up. And I think really what's happened is is that Google Maps has approached mapping around the world from a North American perspective. And obviously, you know, North America has a very different way of laying out roads and grids because we came to laying out roads and grids so late um, that we definitely have a very ordered arrangement, which makes a lot of sense to computers. But when you get into areas, you know, like where people have been living for thousands and thousands of years, and this road has been here for a really long time, and it's been called 18 different things in its life, it's a little bit more difficult to map the roads. And I think, honestly, that that's a big part of the struggle that Google's having with this and just not really approaching it from a local context, but instead trying to impose you know, North American standards on, mm. on North American cities. Okay. Before we go into the details, let's first go to your presentation. And as always, I'll give you five minutes to sum up your presentation from Search Love. Here you go. Thanks. So the biggest thing I find with SEO is that it's in a really weird spot right now. The biggest thing that's happening in SEO is that organic click-through rate is decreasing significantly. And Rand Fishkin, Spark Toro, formerly of Moz, and Jumpshot put together this great data set that showed that lately, let's say desktop click-through rate is about 65% of searches result in the click. On mobile, it's quite small. It's only 38% of searches result in the click, which means that you're really not getting 62% of your search data and your analytics because maybe you're seeing it in Google Search Console, but you're probably not. Because in local SEO, one of the things that happens is that in when you're looking at Search Console data, if Google feels that the search that happened is too likely to be, say, identified back to a specific person, so let's say there was just one search for that keyword that day and it resulted in a click, or there was just one search for that keyword and they didn't click, then they would toss out that data, which is why you always see a discrepancy between click data in Search Console and click data in Google Analytics. The two are just never going to match up. So because of this, you're probably not getting the data that you're expecting to. So for example, and in the deck, I have some examples of this is if we look at, I have some examples of vet near me, which is for a client of ours, who's a vet in Texas. And it shows that for vet near me, they had 81 impressions, no clicks. But if we look at their Google ads data, we see a lot more impressions. We see a lot more clicks and with a smaller impression share. So we know that this client is coming up for these phrases. It's just not being recorded in the search console. So because of that, you can't really tell the client, you know, here's the data because the data isn't accurate and it's low, which makes you look bad. So because of that, we really do need a new way to measure success. So the first thing I really recommend is getting back to keyword basics. And in the deck, you should definitely check this out. I have a list of keywords specific to local for the keyword research, and you should definitely use this. And when we're doing keyword research for local, we'll take the keyword, say, vet, veterinarian, lawyer, attorney, whatever it might be. And then we'll have pre-pens, so those go before the keywords, post-pens, which go after the keywords, and then location, which could come before or after. So pre-penned is stuff like best, nearest, stores that sell, take me to, take me to the nearest, where can I buy? Post-pen would be around me, close to me, in my area location. So for example, best place to buy vitamins close to me. Or take me to the nearest vitamin store, for example, you know, and then you might have take me to the nearest vitamin store in Vancouver, 
for example. So that's how this keyword list can come together. And so you just essentially create a giant concatenate of these keywords, and now you have your local keyword list. Uh, and another thing too that I find that people also don't think about is they focus a lot on services or generic keywords. So you notice I gave the example of vitamin store, but they won't necessarily say the brand that they're selling. And people will definitely search. So you might go on Amazon and say, you know, oh, hey, I really want to buy this, you know, KitchenAid mixer, for example, uh, but I want to get it today. And not everyone has two-hour delivery in Amazon, obviously. So they might decide instead to find a place near them that sells KitchenAid mixers. So if you've never mentioned on your website that that's a brand that you sell or any of the other brands that you work with, of course your website isn't going to come up for these things. And in that keyword list as well, a lot of those prepends are focused on purchasing and where they can buy specific things. So definitely make sure to include those types of details because the big brands definitely have them. And if you're a small business and trying to compete in this big brand market, you're going to lose if you're not mentioning the brands that you have. So really basics, like have to say what you do and what you sell. And I can't believe the number of websites I run into where you read what they do and they say, you know, we provide world-class solutions for something, something, but they never actually say what they do. So just just spell it out right on your homepage. This is what we do. <laughs> no need to get fancy. Just say what you do. And I think that's the biggest thing, honestly, why other large brand websites are kicking small websites' butts is because they do a better job of just saying what it is that they do, getting down to the basics. So the other half of this too is how you ask for reviews also matters. So again, thinking about keywords, making sure that your reviews mention the products that you co cover or the what you sell. So when you're asking for a review, ask for it in a way that you're going to get a keyword back in your review because Google will take keywords that are in reviews and use that in the local pack markup. And I have some screenshots of that on slide 24 in the deck. So when you're asking for a review, don't ask for, you know, were you happy with the service your pest control technician provided? Instead, ask, did we eradicate all the termites in your house? Be really specific. And then someone can write, yes, this pest control agency did such a good job of getting rid of the termites. And if somebody searches for termite control near me, then this review is probably going to come up marked up in, that, in your client's um, local pack. That's what you want to see. So the next thing you want to look at is who is ranking now. And I go through three different tools, which this is more visual, so I'm not going to cover it too much on the podcast, but I do recommend looking at slides 29 through to, say, 38, uh, in particular, Local Falcon. And if you only have a small budget for local SEO, Local Falcon is your best budget choice for doing rank tracking. And it does a great job of showing you visually where your client shows up a pack based on proximity to their location. So it can help you identify weakness uh, in terms of where a competitor might be really strong. And I have a very good example illustrating this on page, uh, sorry, on slide 38. Ranking is like, I joke that they're like Schrodinger's rankings. By doing the search, you're ruining the ranking necessarily. So don't put too much stock into rankings. It's more a trend as opposed to an absolute. And then finally, links. You know, people definitely overlook link building in local SEO. One of the things I always recommend is monitoring your local news for opportunities. Or there's a great funeral home here in Edmonton. They're right across from uh, North America's largest fringe festival. If you're not familiar with the fringe festival, it's a huge theater festival. It happens in lots of cities around the world. Uh, Edinburgh has the largest in Scotland. And so what they do is because they're right across from this fringe festival, they offer tours of the funeral home during the festival. And frankly, who wouldn't want to see the inside of a funeral home? And because they do these tours every year, they get written up in the local paper every year and they get a link from the local paper every year. And it's a really fantastic link building opportunity. I'm sure that's not how they approached it because they're not SEOs, but you being an SEO should approach it from this way. And definitely monitor what's what's going on. So I give some examples on Twitter, just monitoring like specific. So for example, client in the Sunshine Coast who does pest control and we're monitoring if anyone says the word ants in their local news channel, for example. 
And job pages as well is a huge overlooked opportunity. And WhiteSpark has a awesome blog post on how to uh, use job pages to get links for local as well. And then, of course, the last thing uh, that I recommend is paying for it. And I'm a big advocate of combining SEO with PPC. I feel like being stuck in these two different silos, the SEO silo versus the PPC silo, has really disadvantaged a lot of agencies. You know, we don't do that. We just do this. Uh, and I really do recommend bringing them together. And that's something that we've done at our agency. And I just did a Whiteboard Friday on Moz about this as well that you should check out. And so something we're seeing is, you know, how earlier I said that click-through rate on desktop and mobile is decreasing. Well, click-through rate for paid on desktop and mobile is increasing. And so if you're not spending any money on PPC and you're working in local search, you are missing out. Ads are dominating a massive amount of the local pack. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with running ads either. People might think, oh, my SEO sucks, so I have to run ads. That's not the case. They always should work together. And so I also have some examples of looking at, say, your highest converting locations and paid because you get that kind of data and then focusing your SEO efforts there, like what zip codes or postal codes are most of your customers coming from. Or in Facebook ads, one of the best campaigns we did for a client last year is we targeted um, their... Uh, uh, symphony and we targeted music festivals around the city with Facebook pin ads to show that they should buy a subscription to the symphony while they're at this music festival and that worked out really really well for them so I have a screenshot of that as well and then the last trick in local SEO is making sure to keep on top of spam there's tons of people who are violating Google's rules all the time by spamming the heck out of the results make sure that you're reporting them regularly this should be part of your weekly to-do list for local SEO uh, and there's a form that Google has now to uh, that you can submit to do that instead of individually having to report places. So I strongly recommend focusing on spam as well. And that's about it from the presentation. All right. Thank you. Really, uh, spam in local is so big that this should be a weekly thing for me to go and report spammers. That's something that's a new yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it depends on how competitive your area is. But if you look at something like um, lawyers or attorneys, depending upon what they're called in your jurisdiction, uh, that's mm. always massively competitive, especially if you have a healthy personal injury lawyer climate like you have in, say, Canada and the US. Definitely in the US. Uh, locksmiths are always difficult. Plumbers, like those things where people have an emergency and they're just willing to call whoever shows up first, that's where spam really does hang out. So if you're working with a client who is more of an emergency on-call service, you know, most people don't call a plumber because everything's good, right? So make sure to mm -hmm. focus on those. And what we'll say is usually we'll just do a Google search. We'll check the rankings for our clients and see, you know, in the past week, is there anything new that's popped up that looks particularly spammy? And those could be people who have changed their business name to be just keywords, for example, instead of their actual business name. Um, you'll see a lot of results come up that don't have a website. Those are typically lead generation services. So you can report those. Mm -hmm. But Google is really not focusing on spam the way that they should. Uh, I really feel like we're losing the battle when it comes to spam. And recently in local, there was a survey that went out from Google saying, would you pay for enhanced Google My Business features? So I suspect that they're actually just going to do that and just let spam just happen for the people who don't actually pay for better um, Google My Business. So that would be unfortunate, but I, I mean, I really think that they need to focus on spam, but in its, you know, to focus on spam, you're not going to make as much money. So they <laughs> have their shareholders to think of too, I guess. I sort of feel that local should be an opportunity for small brands versus big brands. But you sort of mentioned that in your presentation already. Uh, is, is it that way or is it the opposite? I feel like way? everybody should at least have a handle on their local SEO because particularly if you're thinking about, say, you're a large organization, like pick a huge company, for example, like say Toyota, right? Toyota Cars. And 
Mm. You, you know, have a head office and you're hiring, like just have a Google My Business for your office and make sure you're monitoring it because what will happen is if you don't have it, someone else could add it and then they can try to manage it for you, for example, right? So just to have control over your local listings. It also does help in things like local search, even beyond, you know, for example, like going back to Toyota, you know, what they want to rank is their dealerships, not their head office. But at the same time, people are going to Google the head office because they want to know physically where they'd be working if they applied for this job, especially if they're coming from out of town. So I think it is valuable at least to invest in that. And certainly for small businesses, if you serve a local audience, 100% local SEO is important. Um, even if you're a business like ours, most of our clients aren't actually in Edmonton. We work with clients all around the world and but still locally here in Edmonton we want to make sure that we are coming up and so we have invested in local SEO plus you know we talk about it a lot we should probably do it I don't care so much about ranking number one for SEO in Edmonton because I don't want the kind of business that would come from that kind of ranking but I certainly do want to come up for say digital strategy for example uh, and that's something we do come up for right right um, I'll go through your presentation and I'll, I'll add the links to the tools that you've mentioned into the show notes I sort of feel that SEO, local SEO is getting more and more important important and because big tools are also adding the location management for example i've seen samrush adding location management like a month ago or something like that is this going to be a trend should we be using big tools that have local as their uh, one part of the tools or are these specific local tools uh, as local falcon that you mentioned better to i use? think um when you're thinking about location when it comes to specifically rank tracking you really have to think about what does that tool mean by the location right because they could be picking say a random centroid and this is particularly clear when you've got a really oddly shaped postcode or zip code um, you know, what is the center of that? And I did have an example in the presentation. I'm just going to try to find the slide number. Yeah, slide number 33 of a zip code in the U.S. that is two islands put together. So the centroid of the zip is actually somewhere in the ocean. So that isn't actually a realistic search. So if you tried to search based on that centroid, you'd be in a boat. Right. And I think that that's something that you really need to consider when you're thinking about how does this tool actually track the rankings? And honestly, I think that that's the biggest thing to think about is just, you know, where is the actual center of this? And the other thing, too, to remember is that every search to Google is a local search. And they are always taking your location into account if you've given permission for it to have your location. And so every search, even if it's something generic, like looking up, say, customer relationship management software, it's still going to have that local focus to it. All right. And coming from a small country, um, I always have to ask those questions. Um, we don't have a lot of local directories or local rating uh, websites because, you know, having more than two of them in Slovenia, a country of two million, doesn't really make mm -hmm. any sense. But of course, this means that um, getting um, mentions in local, national or in, in tools that have that are in our language is more or less impossible. Do you feel that just using the international tools is going to help local SEO? Well, you know, monitoring the uh, entrances in those international tools or not? I would say focus locally, but think about things like not the directories per se, but think about things like local sponsorships. So if there's a sports team um, that you can give money to, for example, or a charity. So let's say, for example, you have a business where you do, say, roofing, um, you know, monitoring the news and seeing if there's, say, a women's shelter who needs a new roof or if there's fundraising, you know, like a 
who knows, something, something has a good story, like a, you know, orphanage or a pet, pet shelter or something, you know, <laughs> offer them a new roof, mm, for example. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's where you can really think about local opportunities that aren't the typical, I'm going to get a directory listing on this website, but instead mm. showing that you're actually in the area, because what these spam websites are not doing is they certainly aren't sponsoring sports teams. So if you can get, you know, your local football team, for example, and get them sponsored or soccer, depending upon where you live, you know, or any of the different sports out there, whatever popular in your town um make sure to find out from them and you make sure you get a link always ask for a link so if you can donate services yep. do it if you can sponsor a team do it so for example here in edmonton we're sponsoring the uh pride run that's happening uh, i think it's next month um and so that's a link for us that shows we're in edmonton right and it shows you're a real life business is doing real life things mm -hmm. all right excellent we're at, uh at the end Thank you very much. Before we finish, um, I saw you have, I usually ask my guests, what are the next presentations or speeches that they'll have at the conferences? But I was on your website and there's a giant list of things that you already have planned out. Um, so where can people see you? Where can people find you online or offline? Yeah, so actually my next talk is going to be MN Search in Minnesota in June, late June. So if you want to come to that, I'm speaking at MozCon in July. Uh, and if you're in Europe, I will be speaking at SMX Advanced in Berlin. And I have never been to Berlin. That's in September. I'm very excited about that. So definitely check out that conference. There's very limited tickets to that too. So if you don't have a ticket mm. yet and that's of interest, definitely make sure to pick one of those up. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Dana D. Tomaso. I also recommend and uh, Kickpoint, my agency, puts out a fantastic newsletter every Friday. Uh, we include three links that we think are really important for digital marketing. Also, we make fun of some rebrands that happen usually. There's some celebrity news. We have a cute animal. It's just a really nice way to start off your weekend. So I recommend going to kickpoint.ca and signing up for that. You can find it in the footer of the website. All right. Uh, Dana, thank you very much for being on the podcast and taking the time to tell us more about local SEO and hope to see you at one of your presentations at the conference. Thank you so much.